Luke chapter 1 tonight, is there anyone here who enjoys having their plans changed? Listen, I've been in this church long enough to know that that really messes with some of you and your OCD. I mean, you are so boom, boom, boom. If anything changes, it drives you absolutely nuts. We change something on the church calendar, we know, we know, we know who's going to text us. We know who's going to say something. Well, it said right here, yeah, but just roll with it. We changed it. And uh, so, you know, maybe you were looking forward to some time off and in some knucklehead at work quits and guess who they call in to work? You. Or maybe you were looking forward to a weekend getaway with the family and one of the kids starts hurling chunks and we ain't going nowhere at that pace. Or maybe you've been saving up for that new hunting rifle, maybe some new kitchen cabinets, and then the car engine blows up. None of us like it when things happen. But alas, they do. And when life happens that way, it gets really, really messed up. Sometimes our lives are messed up by other people. At other times... Our lives get messed up because we mess them up. We make poor decisions, and before we know it, we're up to our eyeballs in messiness. But sometimes our plans change, and our lives get messy because God chooses to do something unexpected. Has God ever done that in your life? I want you to listen to this verse from Proverbs chapter 16. Solomon wrote and said, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. The truth in this verse is that sometimes God, in His providential dealings with us, changes our plans. And nowhere is that more clear than in the events surrounding the birth of Christ. You talk about messing up plans. God did it in a big way that first Christmas. He messed up the shepherds' plans because they were counting on another quiet night on some Judean hillside somewhere. But all of that changed when an angel appeared out of nowhere and started talking to him. It messed up King Herod's plans because he wanted to be king of the Jews. But the next thing he knows, he's beginning to hear chatter around town of, of some new king. 
And at that point, you know the story, he made a decree that every child in Bethlehem and throughout the entire region who was two years old and under had to die. Can you imagine how that changed the plans of those children's parents? Let me tell you something. When you lose a child, that changes your plans in a hurry. The events of that first Christmas also messed up the plans of the religious leaders who were anxiously awaiting the arrival of a Messiah who would free them from the tyranny of Roman oppressors. Lo and behold, his message and mission wasn't what they had hoped it would be. His mission was one of peace, not war. And his message was one of turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, love your enemies. The only thing these people could think was, that's messed up. And what about the innkeeper, the poor innkeeper? He'd already hung out the shingle for the night that said no vacancy. He's about ready to go to bed when Joseph and Mary show up. What about Joseph and Mary? (laughs) There's two people whose lives got real messy, real fast, when God decided to change their plans. One minute they were just another young couple who had fallen in love and were anxiously awaiting their wedding day. The date had been set. The plans had been made. They were so excited. And then just like that, this angel shows up. And makes three very unexpected announcements to Mary. Number one, you're going to get pregnant before your wedding day. Number two, Joseph is not going to be the father. And number three, the baby's going to be God. How many of you agree that would really mess up your day? Look at verse 26, Luke chapter 1. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The focus of this entire passage is on Mary. Well, let's take just a moment and talk about Joseph. He was engaged to Mary. And like any husband would be, he was counting down the days. Now, most of you understand this, that the engagement period in that culture was much different than it is today. Today, when a, a couple gets married, it's, it's, it, it's merely a promise of marriage. 
During that day, it was known as betrothal. And it was actually the first stage in the marriage itself. As far as Joseph and Mary and their families and their community were concerned, they were married. You got that? They were married. But according to custom, they would have to wait a year before they were allowed to consummate their marriage. So here's Joseph. And we read in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 8, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his Mary, his mother, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And we don't know if anyone beyond the angel said anything to Joseph. We don't, can you imagine what Mary's explanation to Joseph would have been about this, this angel talking to her and her conceiving a child of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Joseph just looks at her and says, Mary, that is messed up. This was supposed to be one of the happiest times in his entire life. And in an instant, he went from expectant groom to the subject of all kinds of whispers and rumors and suspicious stares. He had to feel like everything was crumbling right before his eyes. And I ask you tonight, what would you do if God changed your plans that drastically, that quick. At this point, Joseph had three choices. First of all, he could have denied any physical involvement with Mary and could have divorced her publicly. But at that point, that would have made Mary an adulteress. And according to the culture and customs of that day, she would have been punished by being stoned to death at the door of her father's house. His second choice was the one that he was really leaning towards. He could have divorced Mary quietly and, and uh, uh, privately because he really didn't want to make her a public example. But while Joseph was considering his choices, God showed up and told him exactly what to do. And this is where the third option comes in, and I'll talk about it later in the message. But let's continue to read in our text. You still with me? All right, verse 28. And the angel came in under her and said, Hail! Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. 
And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Let's read verse 37 together. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Let's read it again. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So what do we do when God messes up our plans? The first thing I would say we do tonight is we pay attention. We pay attention. Most of the time when God does something drastic in our lives, listen, it's because he's trying to get our attention. And the reason he wants to get our attention is because he has something to say to us. I'm always reminded of the prophet Elijah and how God took him to the top of a mountain where he experienced this huge windstorm. But the Bible says that God wasn't in the wind. And then there was this massive earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, the Bible mentions a still, small voice. It's my contention tonight that the purpose of the wind and the earthquake and the fire were to get Elijah's attention. And once God got his attention, he spoke to him in a still, small voice. Today, God speaks to his people through the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. It may be during our personal devotion time, it Maybe through a sermon. It may be through a, a conversation with a friend. But here's the problem. We don't always listen. Amen. And just like your kids, they don't always listen. And how many of you parents, you know what I'm talking about. You've got to do something drastic to get their attention. And sometimes we just don't listen. 
So God has to rearrange some things to get our attention. Sometimes God wants to change some things in our life from bad to good. How many of you have ever followed your own plans to a place in life that wasn't good for you? Am I preaching to the right crowd tonight? It could be that you followed your plans into a relationship that ended up in nothing but heartache and heartbreak. It could have been a career path that you were dead set on following that landed both you and your family in a bad place. It could have been a poor financial decision that led to nothing but disaster. There are a number of paths that to us look good and they look right but they're anything but good or right. And God knows that. And He tries to get our attention in in ways that, that don't make too big a mess, but we're not listening. God sends this and we don't listen. He sends this and we don't listen. He sends this and we don't listen. God doesn't want to make a mess in our life, but we're not listening. We're not getting the message. And he tries, and he tries, and he tries, but to no avail. So the only thing left he has to do is something big. We need to learn to pay attention to every messy situation that arises in our life. And we need to ask ourselves this question, is this from God? Is he trying to get my attention? Am I headed down the wrong path? Is he trying to warn me? Sometimes God wants to change some things in our lives from bad to good. And at other times, he wants to change some things from good to better. Which brings us to the second thing we We need to do when God messes up our plans. And and I hope you understand this tonight, that when God changes things, He's really not messing it up. Okay? So what do we do besides pay attention? We stay open. How many times have things changed in our lives And just because plans didn't work out like we wanted them to, we just shut down. We just chunk it. I'm done. I'm finished with this this Bible thing, this Jesus thing, this church thing, this God thing. I'm done. And we just shut down. Has it ever crossed your mind that maybe God made those changes? Because he's up to something better for you. Maybe that's why that relationship never worked out. Because God had or has something better for you. Amen. Maybe that's why you ran into that roadblock on your career path. Because God has or 
has something better for you. Maybe that's why you're not in a house yet or why you haven't closed that business deal yet or why some other situation just hasn't seemed to work out because God has something better for you. Pastor, that's all well and good, but what do I do with this mess in the meantime? Embrace it. Accept it. Just go with it. Because wouldn't you agree with me tonight that God's great is better than your good? Listen, God's plans are always better than our plans and in some cases they're even bigger than our plans Mary and Joseph just wanted to get married come on man they're teenagers they're young adults they just wanted to get married and settle down and start having some little Josephs and Marys but God had something much better much bigger in mind God's plan listen to this God's plan was to bless the whole world through these two young people but in order to do that he had to make a bit of a net a mess I mean here they are in their little world and they're just wanting to get married and have little babies God said, no, you don't understand. That's way too small. I've got something much better and something much bigger that you can't even imagine right now. And if you'll just go with me, this is going to be huge. Understand this tonight, church. God has a purpose for your life. And you have no idea how much he wants to work in you or how much he could do through you if you would just commit yourself totally to that plan. That's what Joseph and Mary did. And, well, here we are in church on a Wednesday night. Pastor, I already have a plan. (laughs) That's the problem. You with me? That's the problem. It's your plan. It's not God's plan. That makes all the difference in all the world. Now, if your plan is in sync with God's plan, go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. But if it's not, wait on it. Wait. Stay open to what God has. Because His plans, I'm telling you, are always better. Always better. But there's one more thing I want you to understand about God's plan for your life. And I'm just being honest with you. God's plan for you is going to be harder 
in your plan for you. You know why? Because God's more interested in your character than he is your comfort. See, God's all about maturity and growth and you and I being conformed to the image of his son, Romans 8, 29. And we're not, we're not going to become conformed to the image of God's Son by following some easy path through life. I'm sorry, it's just not in the book. It doesn't work that way. There will be trials, and there will be turmoil, and there will be messes, and there will be struggles. And file this thought away. You may need it sometime. The road to a miracle is always uphill. Always. When Mary and Joseph said yes to God's bigger and better plan, do you think that it was easy for either of them? Absolutely not. Listen, it wasn't and I appreciate what, what Brother Tyler has been telling us about the Christmas story and, and understanding that these were people just like you and me. Mary and Joseph were, were old teenagers, young, young adults, just like you and me used to be. Listen, it wasn't easy. Listen, today, some teenager or young adult ends up pregnant out of wedlock, and man, they, my word, is broadcast all over Facebook, and everybody's clapping and congratulating, way to go, I'm so happy for you. All right, time out here. That's still not God's plan. That's still not God's plan. God's plan is that ladies have babies after they get married. It's not God's plan that we clap and congratulate and throw showers and all this stuff for some gal who couldn't control herself and got pregnant. I don't know why we've started congratulating that kind of behavior. It's not acceptable. And it sure was not acceptable in the days of Mary and Joseph. And the point I'm making tonight is this. It wasn't easy for Mary as an unwed mother in the midst of a culture that that very much frowns on such things. It wasn't easy for her to say yes. It wasn't easy for her to say, God, I accept your plan. We talk about how word gets around in small-town liberal Kansas. Newsflash. Nazareth was not a metropolis. And I promise you, listen, that day was no different than our day. Word got around. Huh? Word got around that Mary was great with child. And you know how it is. Everybody knew the truth. Everybody knew whose it was. Everybody knew what had happened, blah, 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 blah. 
They didn't know squat. But seriously, who's going to believe her story? You see, you talk about an outrageous story. I mean, it's more outrageous than the dog ate my homework. A talking angel impregnated by the Holy Ghost, giving birth to God. (laughs) It's crazy. So your daughter comes home tomorrow and says, Hey, Dad, I'm pregnant. Father's the Holy Ghost. Yeah, an angel told me. Angel came talk to me. And said I'm giving birth to God. How would that fly in 2018? The same way it flew in Joseph and Mary's day. Who's going to believe that nonsense? A talking angel, the Holy Ghost, God. Come on, Mary. We're not that stupid. And if that's not enough, just a few days before, before she was going to deliver this baby, she had to ride on the back of a donkey for however many days from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Not like Joseph would throw in her SUV and hustle down the road. And I, Tiffany just had a baby, and I tell you, the few days before she... She had Leroy. She was miserable. Kelvin, what do you think the response would have been? Come on, honey, let's hop on a horse. (laughs) (laughs) So you got this, this big fat girl who's great with child, whose ankles, listen, her cankles, You think the physical body was any different in that day? No. Big old chunky ankles went all the way up to her knee. Thighs as big as a linebacker. And her back's hurting. And Joe says, come on, honey, hop up here. I'm making a point tonight. It wasn't easy. For Mary to follow God's plan. And then once she got to Bethlehem, there was no place to stay. So Tiffany and Kelby, they show up at South Louis Medical Center and say, Hey, my wife, she's about to have a baby. Well, I'm sorry, we're all full. We've got the ambulance barn out there. <laughs> Mr. Benson's going, uh-uh. Uh-huh, she's about to have a baby. You need to move out the wagon and put my daughter in there. Smells like diesel. Grease all over the floor. And that's where you want my grandson to be? So they, they get to Bethlehem, and the best could be done for them was a stable. And there she was. 
Listen, both of Tiffany's births, her mother was there. She wouldn't trade that for anything in all the world. Ladies, think with me here. Mary didn't have her mother there. She didn't have her grandmother there. She didn't have her cousin Elizabeth there. All of her relatives and all of the comforts of home were gone. You talk about messy. And for what? God's plan, that's what. I wonder how many times she questioned God. We know that she did at least once. She said, how can this be? I just, just wonder, a little sanctified imagination here. I, I just wonder if in her heart she didn't have some, some other questions. God, why? If this is really you coming to earth inside of me in human form... I mean, if, if, if the one in me is the one who spoke this world into existence and all of its tidiness and all of its neatness and all of its perfection and all of its order, then why all this mess? Because I have a plan, Mary. I've got a plan. Just trust me. Trust Him she did, which is the third thing that we need to do when God changes our plans. We need to pay attention. We need to stay open. And we need to say yes. Verse 38 again. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy You know what that is right there? That's faith. It's believing the Word of God and acting on it, no matter how she felt, because God promised a good result. And that's how we like to define faith at Fellowship Baptist Church. It's believing the Word of God and acting on it, no matter how we feel. Because God promises a good result. Now I'll get back to Mary in just a moment. If you remember, I said earlier that Joseph had three options after hearing the news that Mary was pregnant. He could divorce her publicly. Or he could divorce her privately. Or here's the third option. He could trust God. And he chose the third. You see, the first two options were his way. Listen, those first two options were his way of fixing the problem. The third one was God's way. In essence, what God told Joseph was, trust me. 
This is my child. And he is being born in fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy given by Isaiah. And then we read this in Matthew 1, 24, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, watch this, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. There it is again, church. Faith. Faith. Believing the word of God and acting on it. No matter how I feel, because God promises a good result. Your best response tonight to a God-ordained mess is yes. Yes. God said to Mary, listen, I know this is going to get messy, but it's a good messy Because you're not giving birth to a kid, you're giving birth to a king. It's not just that I'm putting you and Joseph in charge of raising a son. No, 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 listen. I'm putting you in charge of raising the Savior. Mary, I want you to be willing to give up your good plan for my great plan. And to that, Mary said, yes. Your best answer to a God-ordained mess is yes. So what do you do? We prepare for the invitation tonight. What do you do when plans change? Not not because someone out here did something and messed up your plans, or not because you did something and messed up your plans. I'm talking about when God intervenes in your life and He messes up your plans. What do you do? Number one, you pay attention. Because God's speaking to you. Number two, you stay open. To whatever changes God has for you. And you say yes to the mess.